Well, not words I was sure I'd ever be saying again, much less recording with someone in person. But uh, welcome to another, did I did I say another edition of Papa's Basement or welcome to another Papa's Basement? I think it was edition, right? It feels weird in general. Like I'm sitting next to you at your new kitchen table and I'm like, it's weird. We have like eye contact, IRL, and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I got a lot of, so I'm, I'm host John Papa Giorgio. It's uh, Papa's Basement. Show is named that way because of my last name. I'm with, uh, Howard. You still doing Howard Flood? Yeah, of course I am. I'm not, I'm not prepared to use my full name again. (laughs) Your full legal name. Uh, yeah, so this is the first episode we've recorded since I want to say I've done since January 24th or some shit. So it's a three month hiatus. I've, uh, never done that in the show's 15 year history. Big, big thing happened in, in those intervening months, though. I think that's, shit. that's what people need to understand. That Bunch of shit. I mean, do you want to explain to the folks at home, or should I describe it as, like, the outside person? I'll say, I think you got to tell the listeners your big news. I'll say this up front. My mom is still alive. The cats are still alive. <laughs> my brother is still alive. <laughs> Nothing deathly has visited the Papa Giorgio household. This was a good thing that happened, I think. I it's been know. a lot of... Good shit, mostly. Uh, so we are recording in my own apartment. I hope the sound quality is good. You don't have a lot of furniture in here yet, so I'm a little concerned about the reverb, man. I shouldn't tell the people at home about that, I mean, but we'll see. I was thinking to myself earlier today that I need carpets or I need to mop just because I got up to take a leak and I'm 42, so the urine retention in my urethra is, uh, it's not as, it's not the urethra of a, an eight-year-old anymore. <laughs> so I definitely even traipsed, a thirty-year-old. Yeah, definitely traipsed a couple droplets yeah. visible on the hardwood, which <laughs> I then wiped up with my dry-ass feet. Uh, yeah. So I am. I'm living in Arlington, Virginia, kind of like a, a burb right outside DC. I really hope that military chopper that just flew overhead gets picked up in the audio. Probably will. Probably will. I love it. Um, Congratulations on the new place, man. I'm, I'm loving this. Thanks. We're gonna have to like put up some video to feature all the expensive shit people can come and steal. Yeah, I do have that, uh, <laughs> $280.65 inch IDF television, <laughs> Korea's finest. Have you, have you heard of this though on uh, Instagram? I think it was over the holidays. There's a whole bunch of social influencers in Atlanta who are just showing like, look how baller my shit is for the past couple years. And of course, as soon as they go out of town for the holidays, all their places got robbed. Oh, the old Kardashian in Paris yeah. thing? Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I don't... Uh, it blows my mind that people uh, consider being an influencer as like a career path these days, but I guess it's like a big one. It'd be like me I mean, aspiring you, to be stern. It's just odd because it's like, I, I see that you can technically make money. It was never attractive to me, but then like, there was always something that bothered me about like, why are you inviting the public into your home? I'm like, oh yeah, if you do that, people are just going to come and like rob your shit. I've, I'll be honest, I, I'm not on Twitter much these days. Uh, I've learned yeah. to kind of, for the first time in my life, have a shred of privacy. I don't know. It's, uh. This is something we've been talking about, man, cause like comedy now, it seems like, uh, there's a lot of people who just want to be up in your business. It's like, tell me about your personal life. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of all the shit that has happened to me since January. I think we left off with what? Me bitching about being part of that, uh, Herald program at WIT and 
Did I do the last episode with you? I don't even remember. Oh, God, you did, I think. Oh, wow. It's been that long. Because I'm like, I haven't been on the show forever. It's been that oh. fucking long. I was the last episode. So, okay. Yeah, nothing has changed in that regard. Okay. I'm, I'm still tapping in and out on that, uh, that Herald program thing. Uh, you know, practices are ridiculous and dead end as ever. And that's, did, did you preface for people who don't do improv like myself what Harold is? Cause sure. it's, it's just, I'm like, I know. I don't know how, no, I, I think I should tell people cause like it doesn't matter. You don't care. And I never did. It's just long form comedy improv. That's just very masturbatory. It's, it's a just very like, specific format of, like, again, the improv people do know is, I would say, short form. Whose line is it anyways? Uh, my my ex, Kelly, was big on a show called Taskmaster, mm. a British thing that's on YouTube. Uh, that is also short form. Long right. form is really just people like uh, pretending on stage with no rules and... Uh, to me, I think I've summarized it this way. Um, what fooled me for so long about improv through this specific theater, and nothing against it. It serves a great purpose for some decent people who just want different shit than I do in this world. Yeah. Um, DC people in general are some of the most type A motherfuckers you'll ever meet. Like, Howard, I lifted for years out in the Chantilly area. Yeah, where yeah. I would hit the gym and especially like on the squat racks, I was one of the strongest fuckers I would ever see there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was not my, my highs of old when I was filled with testosterone in my twenties, but right. like I was still like deadlifting 315, squatting 315, like three big plates, like <laughs> fucking, I was proud of that shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. 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 I have started lifting in Arlington in the past week. Every motherfucker lifts at least what I lift if they're on the squat racks, like almost all of them. And they look smaller than me and it blows my mind. I'm like, are these little fuckers on roids? Like what is going on here? But like I was watching a dude that I could have sworn up and down. I would have fucking punched through this guy's skull like Arnold going through the back <laughs> of the T-1000's head. You know what right. I mean? And this fucker was repping 415 on a deadlift like it wasn't anything. And I was like, I will never fight anyone ever again as long as I live. Because <laughs> I, uh, I was fucking blown away by that. I mean, really didn't see it coming. Yeah, I remember working out uh, in this area because I used to live in Boston. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, uh, the culture at the Gold's Gym around here was just weird. Um, there was a lot of just type A frustration and the hope that someone that you find attractive will walk up to you and talk to you or vice versa. This is like, I think pre me Too era where I think it was, I don't know, are gyms as lecherous as they used to be? Cause like there was like, there used to be the random archetype or the, there used to be that guy at the gym who would just like Mac on anything that like had like under 3% body fat. I just remember a bunch of those guys would just like walk up to the oh, girls on skeletons. Uh, <laughs> God, I, so the, the golds that I'm going to has this upstairs, downstairs divide, but it's not like a class thing. Like the upstairs is all the cardio machines and okay. some light workout material. And I mean, I guess like if I want to go with the prejudices of the time that I came up in, because yeah. I'm a 42 year old man, you would be like, oh, that's where the girls are. But yeah. like these days, like people want to develop that squat dumper. 
Yeah. And uh, there's that very specific. I know you're not doing a ton of time in the gym these days, but... Uh, I spend a lot more time in the kitchen, I'll put it that yeah. way. Uh, there is a specific uh, exercise that, I mean, must be huge on TikTok that I can only describe as women learning how to fuck the living shit out of you missionary, I guess, because huh. they get underneath a Smith machine, which is like... Uh, a barbell on a track that just goes up and down. Mm -hmm. Like you can use it for squats. I've heard it's actually a nightmare for that shit because you're not allowed to wobble in the path at all. Oh. So it can like fuck up your knees because right. suddenly your knees have to do the wobbling, not the barbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they will get underneath this thing, wrap a towel around it, put a bench underneath them, uh -huh. and then just kind of like fuck the air. <laughs> like, like if you oh, told yeah. me this was something 4chan convinced women... <laughs> was an exercise like i'd believe you oh, man. because uh yeah if it were a cookie it'd be lips ahoy you know like it's it yeah. is it's a view so circling back uh the downstairs area which is sold to us as gold's classic which i guess just means we don't wash the machine <laughs> um <laughs> because dude there is there is ventilation in this that has scum on the back of it that i don't know it looks like a villain from captain planet like wiped his ass on this shit like Ugh. it's a quarter inch of dust and some of the pull-up bars like just face right onto it so right. you're having to like turn away like it's a fucking greek uncle kissing you you know <laughs> like it's horrible <laughs> anyhow downstairs like there's a lot of women i mean a lot like it's uh it's kind of fucking crazy like the the type a shit extends I guess in both directions. Yeah. Like, uh, there are some diesel ladies down there. But I yeah, you don't see a lot of like creeper stuff like we used to at the gym, right? Cause that, uh, I no, feel like it's no. way less appropriate now. It's far more yeah, inappropriate. Yeah. You can't just, just be like a, a lech in the gym these days. And I, yeah. I, I don't want to sound wistful as I say that. I was never a gym creeper. I mean, like, you catch shit out of the corner of your eye, and you're like, hey, look at that. I think the funniest thing that you and I have ever talked about is, like, the only time I think I've heard you tell a story, and I can independently verify this used to happen to me at the gym, too, is, mm -hmm. like, women will look at us because, fun fact for everybody at home, John and I are both extremely flexible for men. It's true. And one of the ways that we realize this, too, is not only just from gym class, because we've been in school together since, like, fifth grade. Yes. Uh it wasn't just from, like, the v And not just the rectums. <laughs> like, actual other flexibility. But, yeah, like, John told me a story coming out of pandemic, and this is pre-pandemic for me um, when I was in law school. I just remember, like, I, the way that my law school gym was set out, there was one of those, like, ballet bars mm -hmm. where oh, yeah. I would always start out stretching, and there was just a row of, like, uh, the treadmills that, like, women would be walking mm -hmm. on, like, some of the, the undergrad students. And I just walk up to this ballet bar, and I got a tight hamstring that I'm always trying to re rehabilitate. But they would just watch me, like, stick my leg up on the ballet bar to stretch. Mm -hmm. And they would just stare at me. It was kind of a turn-on for these ladies. Like the sweet piece of half-Korean meat you are. Watch, and I just watch for your bulgogi to flop <laughs> up. My favorite story that you told me in, like, recent months coming out of pandemic was when you first started going back to the gym, uh, it was yoga. 
where oh, it's that's like, right. yeah. Because girls are like, who's this dude in the back of the yoga class? But when you're pulling off moves, they can't. They're like, what's up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, trust me. Like, my, my ego would have collapsed in on itself were I not able to do this shit. But, yeah, you walk into yoga classes, and it's kind of always a presentation of, like, hey, you're a, you know, you're a guy. You're not going to be able to hang with this. But, like... Let's be honest, like all the, a lot of endurance maybe is built via yoga in a way yeah. that lifting doesn't, but like, are we really going to act like doing air squats builds more muscle than me? Again, putting up three fucking wheels. <laughs> like, <come on. laughs> but again, you started off with flexibility that most dudes don't even have, so you don't even oh, notice. Yeah. Well, no, my favorite story, like I used to V-sit, beat on the V-sit, uh, for those that don't know that, it's uh, something basically you would only do during the presidential fitness challenge that at least you and i had in elementary school right. basically you sit with your legs in a v and then you bend over roll your fucking torso over yeah and see how far your hands can extend beyond your feet and i used to get like eight inches on that shit like there might be like one girl in the class per year that did like 11 or some crap but like right. i definitely demolished the dudes by like double because i was usually doing like five or six yeah and yeah, that's like unheard of yeah i think like it was not abnormal to get negative for dudes. Mm -hmm. I think two inches gets you gold as a dude. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. The we... only place in life you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just, yeah. <laughs> we can stretch because we're unfettered by large penises. <laughs> but that was, that was the one time where it's like, I think I could go talk to that girl. Like, she I, was just checking me out while I stretched. I remember a V-sit story. If you want a, a good one. I remember ninth grade gym class. I had Mr. Chapman, the prolific cream pyre, yeah. <laughs> who uh, was Catholic and had like what twelve kids under his belt or something. Yeah, they had to rotate uh, at the dinner table for meals. Oh my they didn't God. have a big enough dining table. Yeah, I mean, like I enjoy it reckless, but fucking Mr. Chapman, like it's so funny because like you really don't think of the mechanics behind that as a kid, but as an adult, you're like, God damn, that man hates pulling out. Like, God, and I understand it. I love the irony of he being the first person to offer me a condom. Because he taught my first sex ed class where well, they had was condoms the one the his room. dad handed him? <laughs> <laughs> I know that motherfucker wasn't using them. <laughs> Dang. That's a, that's a guy who's trained his wife when he says, I'm getting close. She just wraps her legs around. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> Get it all in there, Chief. Oh, my God. I uh, I remember he was like, if any of you can touch your head to the ground while doing, like, a V-sit pose, like, I'll just give you an A for the year. And I actually, like, did it. And I was like, you going to honor that? And he was like, fuck no. Minus the fuck. He's Catholic. But, mm -hmm. yeah. There's also school. It's sort of contrary to the mm -hmm. rules. Uh, I mean, yeah. This was before I went on my ADD medicine, though. So, ironically gym and speech class were my two a's <laughs> all the academics were not uh yeah man so i've uh i've been doing that gym thing local gym trying to think what the fuck else i mean so much so much uh i mean do we want to talk about my my locksmith buddy dying and his final did days? he die did i not tell you that now you gave me all the like upsetting stories leading up to uh oh, man. his like permanent hospitalization like yeah yeah man he died he died uh, a couple weeks ago so i'll give you that story too did you talk to him since i last discussed never, it with you or no because that last time again. you called him that was it yeah so basically this guy 
uh call him mark whatever the fuck's he gonna carry he's dead i'm sorry like i'm i hate to be this callous but would you mind holding my mic while you tell the story so i could get more coffee i should have gotten it before we started recording sure yeah all right hold up do a porn star one in each hand <laughs> coming to you in stereo was it fucking fucking the audio up <laughs> okay i'll put the mic down on the table so i uh i had this the one locksmith friend I would say I've ever had in this industry because I didn't come up working for anyone else. I just studied under my dad and then my dad died. And then I was like, shit, I guess I'm going to do this. So the family doesn't lose their home. And that is how I've been a locksmith for 22 years now, self-employed. The only guy I would ever call a friend that I made in this field was this guy, Mark. He, uh, he owned a locksmith shop that was right next to this gas station that I would fill up at routinely. And one time I saw him out front, like, just burning one next to his van. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, shit, you know what? Let me introduce myself to this guy. And uh, he was he was friendly enough. He invites me in his shop. He's just, like, blasting Rush Limbaugh. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, and he, it's his shop, so he's sucking down Marlboros in this thing. And I'm like, you know what? This guy's old school as shit. I fucking love it, you know? Like, yeah. can't say I'm going to line up with him politically all that much, but I don't have to run my fucking yapper about it either. <laughs> And, uh, you know what, like Mark and I would, we would call each other. Like I would see him every so often for lunch. I'd go by his shop whenever I saw his van out front and I was filling up, I'd drop in and we'd just shoot the shit. I'm not going to act like we shared our hopes and dreams. And as much as, uh, you know, Mark could kind of believe a lot of stuff and I'm not just talking the right wing shit, like, uh, towards the end, he was convinced Dolly Parton was calling him on the phone every night. Um, wasn't Dolly Parton, to my knowledge. It is weird that that was the general uh, decline as one is aging that we expected, though this whole infusion of, like, bonus of, like, Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN getting, like, tapped into their brain for nonsense, like, that sort of took a political aspect of just general mental decline. Yeah, it, uh, but again, always a sweet guy with me, and I dare say had one of the more profound impacts directly that anyone has had on my life because he heard my prices and Mark was on the high end of shit. But like, I respect that almost his mentality was kind of like, I'd rather do like two jobs a week and make three grand from two fucking jobs than like 10 fucking piddly ass thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. He was just kind of, he was always beaten into me. Like, know your worth, know your worth, know your worth. And you know what? Like, because of him directly, there's tens of thousands of extra dollars in my pocket at yeah. this point. Like, he's just got me to ask for more over and over and over. Jobs I used to do for like buck twenty five I now do for two fifty. Yeah. Kind of double my fucking income. Yeah. Like, I love you, Howard, but you ain't made me money like that. <laughs> fucking <laughs> no, ever. I haven't. You're drinking my goddamn coffee right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I offered to bring over a quiche on my way. Just yeah, to that's true. highlight the type of neighborhood John moved into, all thanks to Mark's uh, upward mobility in your bank Fuckin account. A. Dude, I've barely earned this week, and you know what? I ain't breaking a sweat. Hey, uh, you live next to a place that sells quiche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I live next to pastries by whoever the fuck it is. I, my nearest shop is a patisserie. <laughs> oh, man. Not, uh, not butt plugopolis or whatever. <laughs> More appropriate. So... Uh, Mark, like toward the beginning of this pandemic, lost his wife. And like, that was kind of like, 
that was his support circle. He so had that was like early years. 2020, mid 2020. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, I am probably the most empathetic soul to ever walk this world. You know, unlike Gandhi, I never fucked any of my nieces. Um, <laughs> and I was like always reaching out to the dude. I was like, Mark, like, fuck it. Let's, let's get lunch. Like, let me swing by. Let's do this. Let's do that. And uh, he just constantly was like, nah, you know, I got the dog to worry about, which was like a big time deflection. He had this little dog, a uh, little Pomeranian. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope that little fucker isn't in the house still. Probably not. Probably not. It would already be dead if somebody had not picked Long it up. Long dead. <laughs> Long dead. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I think one of the neighbors probably took it and sold it. Probably. Yeah. Um, hopefully not to your brethren. <laughs> Hey oh Yeah, he was an old stringy motherfucker. He wouldn't have done him any good anyhow. So he uh you know, this goes on for like years where like I would text, call maybe once a month after a while. Right. Because I was just like, I don't know, man, like is you ever get this man when you're dealing with a depressed friend, like same with the Joe Gagliardi, for example, who's been on the show once or twice. You just dropped his name of like you ever deal with a friend dealing with depression? Okay. Joe knows he's a mess. I know he's a mess. We all know he's a mess. We love him. I'm never telling you anything about my mental health ever again. I'm just just putting it out there. No, Joe will (laughs) routinely like not respond to texts for like a month. And then you check in and he's like, oh, I've been in a bad place, kind of. At least he's open about it. That's good. Yeah. But you take it personally after a while. You can't help but not take it a little personally. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I I mean, I... You're like, all right, fuck it. I get it, man. But even at my most depressed, I'd be like at least high after the third goddamn unresponded to text, right? But some people ain't like that. I guess I got a college roommate who uh, is really infrequent about reaching out. But, yeah, I think it's all relative to how deep was their relationship before they really, like, tuned out. Yeah. I think that's always how it matters. So. I mean, Gags and I were like goddamn comedy blood brothers, but. Well, but we're not talking about. Joe, let's talk about uh, Mark, right? This is no, a dude yeah. who, who made you tons of cash. Fuck Joe Gagliardi. The <laughs> summary of the Joe story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Joe. So, like, maybe two months ago, Mark hits me up. He's like, yo, you want to come over? I'm like, sure, man. What the hell? Fucking I didn't expect this. And he sends me his address. And I'm like, cool. And I go over. And, uh, like, he can't really come to the door. Like, the door is ajar. And it's funny because uh, Mark is in, like, a, a trailer, like, a, you know, a mobile home, which I didn't know because I've never been there before. Yeah. But he has these, like, $1,000 locks on the door of a trailer because right. he's a locksmith, can't help himself. Right. It's this uh, brand called Multilock. It's an Israeli lock. <laughs> he loves right. that fucking Multilock. So he's got multi-locks on a trailer. And I'm like, damn, if this ain't America in a nutshell. And I walk in. No, that's a Medico. You're holding a Medico, oh, okay. Casey. Those are same, like, same price point, though, right? Thereabouts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thereabouts. Um, and I come in. And he's on his couch. And he's, like, kind of disheveled looking. And I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, hey, uh, so I can't, like, move half my body all that much anymore. Like, just wondering if you could help me out with some shit. Like, get some food. Did he have a stroke? So, yeah. You know, you and I are not at the I will accept half of my body not functioning point yet. 
So I was just like, yo, uh, I'll help with whatever, but the biggest help I can do is like getting your ass to a hospital or a doctor, man. And, uh, he just was like, nah, like I'm good. I just need some, some help doing this shit. And I'm like, so wait, he had never been treated for a stroke, but he'd had one or he'd had been treated. And he's just like, ah, I don't need your help after that. I'm good. Uh, so the way I can figure it out is during his wife's sickness, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor as well. Ugh. And, uh, this is not comedy, man. No, Shit. Like, no. Back, back to Papa's basement. And it's just like, let me tell you about my friend who just died from a brain tumor. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No, it's not so comedic. I did steal some candy bars from his fridge. Maybe that's comedy. <laughs> need a big box of them. Figure I don't know, man. Like, you told me enough of the story of, like, you did a lot of shit for him. I'm like, that's just collecting due in the slightest. Yeah. Not like the fucking neighbors who stole shit from him. To my knowledge, they very well may have. At the very least, I hope Almost they stole certainly. the dog. Yeah. So, like, for the next, like, two weeks, dude, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Circling back, the brain. So... I guess maybe he treated this for a time and his wife passed. And I think like, he just didn't give a shit anymore. Like legit was just like, was just like, I want this shit to wrap up fast. Much like our listeners do this episode, right? Now, <laughs> at least the story. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll break it down for you super fast, man. He, uh, like for the next few weeks, I just did like all sorts of odds and ends for him where like he, you know, got him food cleaned up around the place, scheduled stuff for him to come in, but he just would not accept anyone, like, coming in to actually take him to a hospital. Because he's like, either I had a stroke or the brain tumor's back. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I just want to punch out. Because we talk, we talk probably on average, like, I'd say four times a week, four or five times, lot, three to five times. And I just remember while you were doing this, every day you would say shit like, and today... Uh, an EMT came by because he fell down for like the fourth time this week. And the guy even said straight up, look, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but there's something known as soft billing. And at a certain point, like you just need to accept going to the hospital and understanding that you're not going to ever be charged money yeah. for Ambulance like the hospitalization. Yeah. The fucking hospitalization ain't going to cost you shit. And he just wouldn't hear of it. And after a while, like, it really drained me because, like, you know, I was out living my life. I mean, that was, like, the second to last time I think you talked to him was basically, like, you need to go. To, I, oh, that's right. You told me he actually went into the hospital, tried to call you to get him out, and then he refused to talk to you after that, right? He was just like, how are you not getting me out of this shithole? So I wake up on a Monday morning, and I've got a 5 a.m. voicemail from him, and he's just like, yo, they abducted me. I love his choice of language. He's like, they abducted me to the hospital. You need to get me out of here. And I just, I'll be honest, man. I was so relieved that they, he was getting the care he fucking needed. Yeah. That I was like, yo, man, I ain't calling this motherfucker for like a day or two. And yeah. then like I, I gave it a little time and then I called the hospital and he was in there a couple of weeks, but, and I left messages. I even texted. He just never got back to me. It sucks because he knew at that point you were quote unquote in on it. Either that or they gave him the news of what was going on and he was just like, I ain't bothering anyone. I really, I'll never know. 
because like I just I never heard from him. And then what would have been his 56th birthday a couple days ago, I get a call randomly, and it's his mom. And his mom is like, I know you're friends with my son. He passed away pretty suddenly, and I'll be in town like yada yada date. And I actually need you to like get me into everything. And okay, so, so you actually got to help her out soon. That's like my final act of service for the dude, yeah. Ugh. So you haven't done that yet. You still have like some unwinding on his like. Mm-hmm. That shit's depressing. It, uh, yeah, man. It's just fucking weird how people like come into your life for what purpose, whatever the hell. Uh, but I mean, there were some crazy stories from that that I don't really want to go into, but let's just say. Dude owned a lot of firearms, and those were on display multiple times for multiple people entering that house. And can I now say I've stared down the barrel of a loaded gun? Uh, yes, I can. Yeah. From a friend, no less. From yeah. a friend. Yeah. Nah, man, it's uh, it's weird because, like, yeah, I I know people who've dealt with people that they thought were friends, like, closer than you are to this guy, right? Because mm-hmm. this is, a, I won't call it a professional friendship, but, you know, like... You guys weren't that tight. You'd see we each other like three tight. or four times a year. And yet, I'll give you, I'll give you this, man. The motherfucker saw how I handled my business. Maybe I just like clearly hate locksmithing that much, but he was like, life is short. You need to do what you want to do in this world because I know it sure as shit ain't locksmithing. Yeah. I was like, that was a profound insight, my friend. Now, please pick up the tab for lunch again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, uh, it's just a lot of people walk away from that situation. I think that's the hard part about friendship is like, I've heard people being like, boom, uh, I'm actually sick terminally or possibly terminally. And then people are like, well, that doesn't sound fun. I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. And then for that person to get better. And then it's just like, what do you do if you see each other at like mutual friends parties of like, Hey, remember that time I told you I was like, I had cancer. And now like you just stopped calling me. Cause it was, it sounded like work being my friend instead of fun. Yeah. Well, I survived and uh yeah, I'm going to have to bring that up every time I see you at uh Joe's house. Right. Like that's just, I've heard that story. That is a messed up story. <laughs> yeah, see, I guess for me, all of this shit takes me back to my childhood after my dad died. Because I didn't yeah. do shit before he died. Like, he was just like, I'm sick, but I'm handling my business. Then he just went in the hospital and fucking kicked off. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. But it takes me back to, like, how immediately after that I went into full-on crisis mode. And you're like, well, I don't have to live life. Like, this is going to be a weird thing to say, but, like... To me, that shit is liberating because the true pressures in this world are thinking of, like, answering existential questions. You know, being like, what the fuck do I want to do yeah. with my time on this world? When you got a friend who's, like, dying of a brain tumor, you're like, I don't have to think about that shit. Motherfucker wanted a cheeseburger. Let's go yeah. get the fat fucking cheeseburger. You know, like. Nah, it's fucking, true. And then I'm just sitting there, like, you know, watching him suck down a hot butt while he's, uh hearing about how Pete Buttigieg is uh, responsible for the, the train crash oh in Ohio. Gosh. Yeah. You know? And I was watching some other Fox programming with some of the worst production known to man. They were doing something. I don't know what cast this was. You know, as an aside, Fox has so many, like, black and brown people behind its desks. I know the stereotype is that isn't the case, but they almost go out of their way to be like, look at all of our tokens. Yeah. Behold no, they, them. They do that. So, uh, it was a black guy and a couple other casters and they were broadcasting, uh, next to a racetrack. Imagine that. But the audio was unforgivable piss. Like every 30 seconds, it was just like Talladega night shit. (laughs) And they're all laughing about it. And I'm like, this shouldn't be allowed on air. 
not just because it's a fucking Russian propaganda organ, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just fundamentally, broadcaster-wise. Yeah, who is your producer? Yeah. Unacceptable. It's funny the first time. Every 30 seconds, nah. Mm. Like, why not just set up next to a train track? Or fucking broadcast from inside a jet engine? You know, like, fuck yeah. all of that shit. Uh, nah, man, it's a weird scenario, because I, I had a terminal relative, and... uh Dealing with that a few years ago, it's, um, uh, yeah, you just get in this mode of like, how am I getting through the day too? Like, it's, it's exhausting. Cause yeah, it'd be one for thing. me. It was like bong hits. I'm just like, I got, <laughs> I got all these things I got to do today that mm-hmm. I, I just, I need to dissociate from my feelings for a while. Well, I, I just felt like us and Nam. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't cross the 38th parallel or whatever the fuck it was. Or am I thinking of another war? But basically... Is that Korea? I should know this, shouldn't I? Yeah. 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 Um, You fucking war baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I... uh, It was really frustrating to take care of a guy. And then he'd be like, hey, man, you know anyone that like wants to live here on the cheap? And then the exchanges, they help me out. And it's like... No, no, you need a fucking nurse. And more than anything, you need to get checked the fuck out and to deal with someone that just didn't want to do that. It's crazy because it's not family and like you're a friend, you're trying to help. But to have that level of resistance on like basic medical care, like that was crazy for those few weeks where it's like, we're like friends ish, but he's got nobody. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. And he's like, I ain't bathed in weeks. I've been using a product called dude wipes. And it's like, Ugh. hey, let me tell you something. Like, you are not Daisy Fresh, good sir. Yeah. Not that I ever detected anything, to his credit. But uh, I don't know about you, man. I think, like, after day two of horse baths, I would be like, you could charge me for the ambulance ride, and I'll buy the hospital if it'll get me a I don't know, man. Like, bath. you probably don't even remember this, because it did sound traumatic to go through, like, even just on the sidelines, right? I think that's the hardest part. Is like, you have to go there, and then it's... I mean, when you talk about, like, getting a gun waved in your face, it sounded like part of that was he started to have to, like, basically bribe the neighbors next door to start helping them out. And, like, in the trailer park, when somebody's, like, getting that free with money, yeah, like... I was worried, yeah. yeah. My mom, my mom was real worried because she was like, wait a minute, this guy, we don't know what's going on with his faculties. He's armed. Yeah. He's got money in his joint, and you're just, like, walking in there at all hours? And I'm like, can you put it that way? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I was like... Because I remember when you told me the EMT story, I'm like, you need to get him in there. <laughs> like, he's just, he's going to yeah. get like more reckless. And like, there's just a gun sitting on the nightstand, man. This is a yeah. problem. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, nah, man. It was just tragic. And like, it, it was, is weird to think about. Like, that all happened since the last time you did an episode, isn't it? Dude, that's like tip of the iceberg. I mean, that was just one thing that happened for like a couple that's, of weeks. That is a fucked up story. So I guess like, as depressing as to hear about, it's just like, it, ties back to like why have you been off the air for three months and it's like it's been you know there's been happy shit some dating um you know we'll talk about that another time right i think that's not yeah again going back to like uh, as social influencers go we keep our shit private so yeah yeah john's john john's happy and uh i'll put it this way i think if he were single right now he would still probably be kicking out his mom's house Probably, yeah. yeah. Gotta say, chick, uh, chick kind of urged me along. <laughs> and then uh, moving. I mean, if you want to laugh, one final 
how long it took me to get the phone. I basically paid rent for one month before I spent the you're, night. In you're place. not the first person to do that. That's true. Yeah. You're really not. It's it's really hard to... I mean, like, you were getting stuff in here on the regular, but you were also making money. If Your excuse well, was, first. I was too busy making money at my day job in oh, order yeah. to, like, get my shit over here. That's fair. The first two weeks, I was working like a dog. Like, it didn't even... Like, to me, I was like, well, I did the tough thing. I've never signed a lease alone. You know, like I've always had roommates when I did move out in the past. So I was like, this is the big thing. And then it's like, no, you piece of shit. You actually have to get stuff in there so you can live. Well, now that you're living in this like luxury, uh, four bedroom apartment, <laughs> I, I do want to say that I think we really need to rechristen the show Papa's Penthouse. Papa's Penthouse. The Papa's Penthouse. Name, yeah. We should really like just pivot and straight up just show like, how much shit you have in here that other people should come and steal. Mm-hmm. It's like... Oh, I have I have Ritalin. People could take my Ritalin <laughs> right there. They'd be doing well. Like this this AC unit that uh, was mandated necessary because the, the building refuses to turn on the AC. I don't think we're on AC yet. No, I'm sweating. Yeah. I actually was going to bring it up of them. like, I think... I think this episode is going to end at least 10 minutes early because I'm just like... I, I'm a little too sweaty. And it's oh, only yeah. like 70 out. No nah, man, it uh this is what the sixth floor gets you. You roast. Yeah. Well, we can uh, wrap it up, man. Um, cuz yeah, we'll we'll do more of this shit. You can swing on by here. I'll have my uh, little recorder unit. Yeah, man. Well, uh I'm excited. I got to help you set this up and uh I guess we can finally reboot. Yeah. It feels like a reboot. It uh does all the ways. But again, to to finally be back in person, I think this is one of those post-pandemic milestones. Which you can tell that we're not used to it because you spent like 20 minutes talking about your friend who just died. Yeah, on a comedy show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he didn't didn't die particularly funnily either. If yeah, that's the, you know, like, <laughs> just kind of just died in a hospital bed from what I gather, which yeah. is just fucking sad. Your listeners at home are like, "Ah, oh, John had a gun pointed in his face." Okay. Is yeah. there a joke that go? No, no joke. No, I no. just I spent the last few weeks of his life uh, buying him lotto tickets at his behest as he kept telling me about a beachfront property that had an elevator in it that if he won the lotto we would both move down to Florida and God. live there. You got to stop. Like none of this, none of this is. No, it's it just sad. It's it like some I midnight know. cowboy shit. Like, this. Minus the butt fucking. Like, <laughs> It was just real sad. I wanted to, like, so what I would just do is, like, pocket most of the money and then be like, hey, we want a couple. <laughs> just hand him back his own money. <laughs> Don't play the lotto. That's yeah. my one piece of advice. Don't play the lotto next to a trailer park, especially, because those 7-Elevens are just legit dens of iniquity. Ugh. The shit that I saw go down, the car accidents, the physical altercations that I saw take place in the brief interludes i had at a trailer park 7-eleven man god you know what's crazy about that uh parking lot this is i'm so sorry i didn't get to promote this sooner before i like had everybody just go to a dark place but um there was a thai restaurant in that plaza that's mm-hmm. been featured on beat bobby flay mm-hmm. you know it yeah there's a murder like, in that place a couple years that? ago you remember there was a murder in that joint Dang, a couple years no. ago not the thai place but just out front of it Ugh. Yeah. Well, go to the Thai place. Just ignore the Seven Eleven and like wherever the murder happened. And mm-hmm. like the Thai joint is really good. Walk around the chalk outline. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Howard. <laughs> they want to. You got any socials or anything you want to put out there? Or no? no, I just want to let everybody know. Fuck Joe Gagliardi. Fuck Joe Gagliardi. Yeah. At Papa's think- basement on all <laughs> handles. All the all the platforms. 
<laughs> and at fuck Joe Gagliardi. <laughs> <laughs> we just kidding. We love you, Joe. Joe hooked me up. Uh, did we talk about the pandemic? I think like he got me a seat upgrade for me and my daughter at a nationals game. So thanks, oh, Joe. Right. I'm just joking. I really, I'm always going to remember that. You hooked it up. You know who doesn't joke? Joe Gagliardi. 